1: Well, welcome back in, guys. Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. And Kyle, I know I speak for you as well when I say that this podcast has been awesome so far. We've had a ton of great guests. That continues today. And and really just a lot of cool ideas we have about uh, continuing to expand MDG community. Well,
0: it's just amazing in the game of golf how many people you can meet from any different age group, from all walks of life, from blue collar, white collar, whatever it sure. may be. It's just it really does bring people together. And I think this year specifically, it's been huge. You know, people just flocking to the golf course because they don't want to be stuck at home. You can't, maybe you're not going out to dinner as much. Maybe you weren't going to the movies or bowling or whatever you normally would do. Golf has been this like, I, I, this provider almost of sanity to yeah. a certain degree in a year of just so much uncertainty.
1: Yeah. And again, we've talked about stuff like this too, where golf is that, as I say, and I and again, I say this sincerely, this is not me saying this in any sort of way other than just, it's what I believe. Golf is a COVID proof sport. You know, you can say- I've never heard you, you say you, that. Yeah. You, <laughs> can, <laughs> you can safely play golf- you know, and do it correctly with social distancing, even if COVID goes on for longer, right? And and I think that the other stat that we really point to is TaylorMade's recent study that 7.2 million people have either picked up the sport of golf or got back into the sport of golf since COVID took over. So Kyle, that's something right there where golf has to find a way to retain these people and to continue to build off of this incredible increase in the audience community, golfers since COVID.
0: Well, and I, I would say too. That's why we we need to continue to not be a stuffy community. We need to be open to all different types of golfers. And no, I'm not talking about going out and disrespecting your local course or you know driving the cart right. like an idiot and flipping it just for you know video content like you see on you know barstool or whatever it might be. But embracing, I think, the fun aspect of the game of golf. We need to continue to do that. Be yes. welcoming. Don't don't sit there and, you know, be a snob to somebody, you know, because maybe they don't dress the same way as you. You can dress differently, you can have fun, you can drink a little bit more, you can play There's, music on the course. There's a line, and I want to make is. sure that we don't cross that, but I think that's the way to retain people. It's social, it's fun. Drinking is going to be involved, and don't be so serious about your game.
1: Well, and let's let's the elephant in the room here is that without getting into details or naming names, is that there Name ha- names there has been um, in particular a local company and a local a country club that have at times expressed and, and guys you uh, you honestly won't believe this but it's true they've expressed displeasure that they've seen some posts about drinking on the Metro Detroit <laughs> golfers community and that, and I'm serious, you know, they've said, and I'm talking about a certain company and a certain golf course that, Hey, you know what? Metro Detroit golfers is great and it's positive, but should we really be encouraging, you know, drinking and posting about drinking beers on the golf course? Yes. And, and, and you know what, Kyle, you and I are nice guys and we, and we are always cordial and, and respectful when we have conversations and, and we still were with this conversation, but that's one where you just wanted to say, come on, man. Like, like, what are you talking about? Of course, it's good to, it's fine if people want to post about having a few drinks on the golf course. That's nothing bad at all. That's nothing salacious. And I get that there's some old school stuff with golf and, and that's the crazy thing to me though, Kyle, where MDG has been such a positive, fun place. Of course, there's some, some idiots and some posts we have to remove and whatnot, but Overall, it is extremely positive and extremely fun. So, the fact that people, old school people, have the audacity to complain about Metro Detroit golfers posting about drinking in the Facebook community, it's insane. It's
0: ridiculous. And, and you know, honestly, we have, uh, we're actually really excited to have Dan Wetzel on next week uh, on the podcast. So, make sure you look forward to that. He's got some great stories uh, heading into, you know, the Masters coming up in November. And, and he said it to me in that interview that, that you can look out for next week. Well, golfing and, or excuse me, drinking and golf have always been married. That's not necessarily a new And gambling, yeah. Uh, Of course. So, you know, that's only going to continue.
1: Let's get out of that stuffy mindset, right, Kyle? And and I don't want to be, you know, anecdotal here or mountain out of a molehill type thing where... No, preach. Where where we're saying that, you know, we're getting flooded with complaints because we aren't. And MDG is a very positive just an awesome place for a bunch of golfers. We're not getting inundated with complaints. But the fact is, when you do get a few select few complaints like this from, by the way, a course and a local company that everyone on here would recognize, when you're getting a complaint like that, when it's something so trivial and and so harmless, it's like, come on.
0: You got to embrace fun. I'm sorry. I don't, especially you know, for uh, you know, a place uh, that that we're talking about right now. You really need to embrace fun, okay? You're not, you know, this incredible. You're not Pinehurst. You're not Pebble Beach. You know, you're not all of these incredible courses all over the country. You can make that type of atmosphere in these local courses, just a fun place yeah. to hang out. I, I mean, that, and build some camaraderie and have it's great. Have a couple of drinks on the 19th hole. I mean, that that is. That's why we and, go out and, and, and play.
1: That's not something that in any way should be frowned upon with the group. We should be encouraging gambling with your buddies. she we should be encouraging drinking on the course. We should be encouraging <laughs> playing some music respectfully on the course. That's yes. I saw someone post about. Oh well, you know, should music really be played loudly on the? And, and you know, I think there is a line. You shouldn't be blaring it if you're next to the tee with someone. I get it, but music should be allowed on the course. And and it is Kyle. I think that new age of golf. Obviously, we're huge on social media where there is a lot of fun that can take place on the golf course. That should be encouraged within Metro Detroit golfers. That should be encouraged for people to post about not only um, the the serious stuff about golf and the, the uh, discussion about golf holes and stuff like that, but... It also should be the fun parts of golf that are encouraged to be talked about as well. Well, we heard a,
0: a story from a, a different company, a uh, you know, a driving range, and you know, there was a, a woman that came over to the front desk right. uh, at this place yep. and said, uh, "Excuse me, those, you know, that group of young men over there are drinking and being very loud," yeah. and, and the response to that is, "And." I mean, you're supposed to be enjoying yourself, having a good time. What's wrong with having fun? I think
1: golf has gotten younger. It really has. And I think there's a ton of young people who love golf. But there still is a lot of old school golf people that haven't embraced some of this stuff. And I want to be very clear. If there's stuff especially on MDG in regards to bullying, if there's stuff in, in regards to, you know, illegal activity or people just being absolute jerks to people, that stuff will be removed and yeah. will be removed quickly. And, and we that, don't want that. That's the right decision yeah. to, that will be on top of that. But for some of this fun stuff, it's like, you know, what, let's all just take a breath, you know, and have some fun here.
0: No, I'm 100% with you. And uh, look, we don't want to get too preachy. We want to encourage you guys to keep having fun. Obviously, as we transition away from golf season and now you know into the winter, please utilize the simulators. Go have some drinks. Have some fun. But I don't want to see, and I know that some people are very, very serious about their simulator golf, and they love to hit 350-yard bombs into those simulator screens and all that don't use the simulators to, to be over the top and, and too into it. Just go have a good time. You got a, you got a game on, right. you got a couple of drinks, you're probably getting some food as well. You know, whether you're at X-Golf, whether you're at Birdies, whether you're at Preps, you know, wherever you're playing your golf, players, yeah. there's a new one in Livonia apparently. Yeah. Wherever you're at, just have a good time. Yep. You know, we, we can resharpen our swings and get back in order by the time next season arrives, but... Take the winner to just enjoy. We're going
1: to be, and again, guys, I encourage everyone to join the text list, MDG, to 545454. That's all you do. Pull out your phone, type in 545454, and text the word MDG. Uh, Because there are stuff with simulators, as you mentioned, X-Golf, Novi, with with what the Barlows are doing over there. Just an awesome facility. Great, guys. Um, Certainly right down the street in Royal Oak at, at Preps, which is formerly Mr. B's, a brand new full swing golf suite. It's awesome in the heart of downtown Royal Oak. You should check that out. And, and of course, um, you know, one thing we were talking about just earlier today, Kyle, potentially doing some PGA 2K21 stuff. We're going to get into that at some point. But again, text MDG to 545454 to stay updated. And also don't forget... If you're looking for a new home, right, or if you're thinking about refinancing, make sure you visit our friends, uh, David Hall and Mark and Shannon and their great team over there at Hall Financial.
0: Well, and all you got to do is is tell D Hall and his team that you want to get a house where you can put a simulator either in the basement or the garage, and they're going to go ahead and facilitate that for you, okay? Okay, maybe not, but they would be very intrigued by that. Now, we, we've been working with D. Hall and, and their entire team for many years now. I've actually used them twice. I'm a two-time customer. Uh, got my first house uh, you know, with them, refinanced earlier this year, which was a, a very good time to do it. I know rates are still low and are going to continue to be low. So make sure you check out HallMDG.com. Okay, they created a specific landing page just for Metro Detroit golfers. You can find out more information there. Just go to HallMDG.com.
1: Now, Kyle, obviously want to just mention quickly this interview and not even an interview, just a long-form discussion we had with Bill Hobson from Michigan Golf Live. He's been doing that TV show for years and uh, certainly well-rooted into the Michigan golf community. We enjoyed having a conversation with him.
0: Yeah, we did. I mean, the story that he tells about his trip to Augusta is something that I, I, I was sitting there on the edge of my seat wondering, okay, where is, where is this going to turn? How is this going to go? And it, it truly is one of those moments that you will never forget. So, Great long-form discussion, conversation. I'm sure we'll be doing a little bit more with Bill here uh, moving forward. So hope you guys uh, enjoy our conversation with Bill Hobson at Michigan Golf Live.
2: It is hard to believe that at Michigan Golf Live and the Four Golfers Network, we are preparing to enter our 22nd season of celebrating the greatest game on earth. And for me, I get, a, I get a kick out of welcoming in and saying hello and working with those who also love the game. And that's what our friends at Metro Detroit Golfers are doing. And so we've got Sully and Bogey, We've got Mike and Kyle uh, joining us for just kind of a fun, free-ranging conversation about golf, not only in our home state of Michigan, but really a- as a whole. So uh, Sully, Bogey, welcome to the world of MGL and FGN.
1: Yeah, thank you, Bill. This is thank great. And I, and I know I, uh, you know, certainly speak for Kyle when I, when I say that we are happy to be on with you and all that you've done for golf in this state and beyond over the years. I think that what you've been able to do with, with your program has just been awesome. And then we certainly appreciate you uh, having us on to, to have, as you said, kind of a, a free discussion about, about golf and see where it takes us.
2: Well, let, let's be honest. We'll kind of tell some tales out of school. We're spoiled. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what, I, what I do, people are like, how's, how's work going? I'm like, it's going great because this is what we do. We, we celebrate yeah. golf. And uh, every once in a while, uh, someone will come along, for instance, on a TV shoot with us. We often will donate that, be a part of our crew for a day to a charity event and they'll auction it off. And I still remember one time a guy came along and when he showed up to meet us at the shoot, he had his bag on his shoulder. And he said, when do we tee off? I said, oh, we don't tee off. You're you're working with the crew. I'm teaming off shortly, and about eleven hours later, he said, "Oh, this really is kind of kind of like work, but it's the good kind of work as well." So we're
0: that that, that is the uh, the fun part about it. We uh, we obviously also have a marketing company as well, but you know, Metro Detroit Golfers has become uh, you know such a huge thing. People just assume. All we do is golf. We're we're just on the golf course every single day, and that that's not exactly how it is.
2: No, it's, in fact, the deeper you get into it, as you will see in the in the coming days, as you continue to grow, actually, the less you get onto the golf course. And I, mm-hmm. sure. I'm not I'm not anticipating anybody who's currently either watching or listening to us having a lot of violins gather to play the sympathy songs, right? <laughs> because it still does beat heavy lifting, but the further you get into uh, the interaction with your audience it takes time away from from your game. So um, I'm curious because I, if I understand right, Metro Detroit golfers kind of just grew out of nowhere. I don't know if it mm-hmm. was planned or if you guys just started. A, yeah. A, yeah,
1: yeah. So I, honestly, Bill, I mean, I mean, we how it really started was back in the first week of May. Obviously, we were all uh, in in the kind of the middle of the coronavirus and COVID nineteen, and I say that you know very sincerely, but. Um, what we were able to do is, we've always thought that, that Michigan is a golf state, and uh, there, there's just so much passion for golf, and and we've always thought that that passion it didn't that appetite, as we say, didn't really meet the the social media presence of it. And I think that you know certainly you've done a great job from the television standpoint. I think that there's certain outlets like the Detroit News that has certainly covered golf well over the years, and and there's various publications and whatnot, but. But in our opinion, you know, these social media guys and and our marketing company and whatnot, in our opinion, we really wanted to take that passion for golf and and that appetite for golf and create a social media presence for it. And and that's really how it started where, you know, Kyle and I were able to take our, our kind of our followings and our social media brands and launch Metro Detroit Golfers from that where, hey, if you're a local golfer, join the Facebook group. Uh, let's talk golf, let's have some fun. And, you know, that evolved to an Instagram, to a Twitter, to a podcast, to more, uh, to people asking for merchandise. It really has, you know, taken a life of its own. And and I think that that's been so cool about it, where uh, even in the middle of, of, of COVID, we were able to create a very positive um, place for people just to go talk golf, to meet each other, um, we have 30,000 members on social media projected to be at 50,000 next summer. It's just been awesome to, to really do something we're passionate about on both sides. We're passionate about social media. We're passionate about golf. And to combine those two worlds and see just the outpour of engagement and photos and posts and questions and people who just want to really showcase, uh, you know, Michigan and talk about Michigan golf. It really has been awesome.
2: Well, um, were you surprised at how quickly it, it grew? It came out of, I mean, you said you started in May. We're talking five months ago.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I, and Kyle, I, th- I think you have some comments on this too, but I, I, I thought it would do well, you know. I, I really thought that we would launch it in a way where, hey, we know that the appetite's there. We can get a few thousand people. It'll go well. Um, I did not expect it to take off this quickly. I did not expect it to to be at, as I said, 30,000, you know, and, in four or five months or whatever it is and I, I think that you know to answer that question simply no we didn't think it would be this big um, it really has taken a life of its own where, where when we launched it, it, it a lot of it was you know we, we worked in sports radio a lot of it was our followers and people from sport from people who knew us on sports radio would follow who also like golf but then It really took it on a life of its own where people would invite their friends. There's people on there who have no idea who Sully or Bogie is from the radio, Kyle. I think that was a big reason too.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I, you know, I'd love to, uh, to sit here and say, boy, we were just marketing geniuses and we thought this up and man, we, this is exactly what we thought that it would be. Um, But I do think there was some luck, you know, involved as well because people were on their phones, you know, so much more than they ordinarily would be. People were at home and the only place really that you could go and it was, you know, deemed safe was the golf course. I mean, I mean there was a, a stat, yeah. I believe, that was just thrown out recently. Um, TaylorMade did some research, and 7 million people either picked up golf for the first time this year or got back into golf this year. So I do think that, you know, there's certainly some dumb luck that we kind of ran into uh, from a timing standpoint uh, to, to really grow this thing. And it was a way to, to bring people together at a time when you really couldn't be together with anyone.
2: Well, anybody who has attempted to get a tee time in the heart of summer and into the fall knows that all 7 million people are probably at the course they were trying to play. <laughs> right. It's crazy. Now, Kyle, um, I'm wondering how much of the, of the, of the quick success for uh, MDG that you might attribute to the fact that your last name is bogey.
0: <laughs> well I, I i hope that people aspire to be better than than bogey Kyle it's the be,
1: it's crazy. the best and the worst <laughs> golf name Kyle Bogey. I
0: know. I know and i I spend every day trying to not be a bogey golfer but, Middle um, name, double yeah i, I yeah, hope right. not, you know that usually that comes out though at least a couple of holes every single round right
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it, it, it's and Bill, let me just jump into it it's Kyle you made a great point about the timing of everything with with covid and online usage being up 40% across the board since COVID took over. And I, I think that that is definitely part of the reason. And also, and I, and I have no problem just saying this, you know, I think that golf is not only one of, but perhaps the only COVID proof sport that exists. I think that, that that golf, you could say tennis and some other ones do, but, but golf really is if done safely and properly in terms of social distancing, golf is a COVID proof sport that God forbid if COVID's around longer than we think or it comes back in another huge wave or, or whatever, golf can still exist amidst this, this pandemic. And and again, I say that sincerely. I just mean, I I really think that to be true.
2: You know, with that in mind, uh, let's talk about the game at the, at the top level, which is, slightly above what all of us probably play at. I, I, I'm, I'm a six. I don't know what you guys are, but I'm, I'm guessing none of us are ready for the tour. Seven. Yeah, right around no, on the same.
0: Yeah, yep. I, I just dipped into a six for the first time in my life, uh, lowest it's ever been. So yeah, I'm right. sure it'll go right back up next year.
2: No, it never <laughs> goes back up. That's why I call it the scam decap <laughs> system. It always goes down, but you can never get that stupid thing back up and you end up... That's the
1: it. toughest, Bill, where, where it's, you know, I, I think a lot of people can take if with work you can go from a 15 to an 11 or a 15 to a nine even single digit but where it really gets tough and I've talked to a ton of great players about this where it really gets tough is taking that five to a two or, or taking that two to a zero or a plus because um, once you get down to, to single digit and once you get that five six seven even range to take that to a four or a three, I mean, you just got to be firing, you know, hitting shots that you're only going to hit once every five rounds. And and I think that's something that's just super tough to do.
0: Well, and, and to your point, uh, you know, Bill as well, when you get a lower handicap, essentially, if say you're playing in a scramble, say you're playing in a money game, whatever it might be, you have to play your perfect round, your very yeah. best round. For you to, you know, have any advantage or even be able to compete against people who are a 12, a 15, an 18, whatever it might be, that makes it incredibly difficult. It does.
2: Well, remember, and I, I've spent a lot of time with the Golf Association of Michigan Handicap folks, uh, and they've educated me and, and we're great partners. So I, I do joke that I call it the scam decap system because on <laughs> the low end of it, I always end up giving, giving shots in places where I wish I didn't have to. But It is the way to level the playing field, Mm -hmm. and at the same time, it's designed for you to play to your number only twenty five percent of the time. Sure, yeah. It just so happens that that twenty five percent of the time is never when I've got seven skins on the line. Right, (laughs) no play. So, um, so let's go to the top level of the game and talk about you know this this new world of golf. You're right, uh, 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 Sully. It is indeed COVID safe to this point. The tour has done a fantastic job. And uh, we've occasionally had a positive test here and there, but for for most of the guys, it's been a week out and they're back. So now the next thing on everybody's calendar that we really care about, it wasn't the tournament at Shadow Creek. The next thing we all care about is what's happening at Augusta in November, fanless, you know, I'm sorry, patronless.
0: Yeah, be careful there. Yeah.
2: Have have either (laughs) of you ever had the opportunity to be at Augusta for the Masters?
1: Oh, and we talk about this all the time with, with seemingly every guest that we have on. Um, certainly, a huge bucket list for us both. We have not
2: yet. It's going to be really jarring. Of all the tournaments, it's going to be really jarring to, to watch this one without anybody there, without any noises coming. And I, I understand why the the pro sports leagues have been piping in fabricated noise. I can't stand it. I'd rather just hear mic'd up or just the the nat sound from the field. But sure, I. I don't, I don't see Augusta pumping in any fake noises other than the birds. So how different do you think this is going to be?
0: I mean, it, it's going to be different, but, you know, at least for me, watching these golf tournaments, watching the U.S. Open, I, I it wasn't a huge – issue i suppose for me the viewer you know sitting at home watching these tournaments i mean yeah the moments of excitement like uh god what tournament was it when you had uh, john Rahm and dustin johnson both sinking those ridiculous butts yeah. uh and, and the crowd there were like what 30 people media included you know surrounding the green the moment was still incredible you know you didn't have all the people screaming and going nuts but it was still great theater you know and and tremendous drama and i think the masters always has a way of bringing that out of the golfers so i think they'll be able to take it and turn it into you know something that we are really excited about and want to see
1: yeah from a tv standpoint i think it'll obviously still be good you know i i personally, I don't understand why there's not fans on some level. I mean, you look at even some NFL stadiums, college stadiums that are having fans safely. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: Georgia.
1: Yeah, it's for, exactly. I, I don't know why there can't be some sort of limited capacity fans in safe zones or whatever you want to say uh, around the course. Uh, it should happen. Um, but, it, but clearly it isn't. And and I think it's only a matter of time before, before it will be back in golf. I, I really do. But I also think that you know, I've always kind of had the opinion that everyone wants to talk about, hey, hockey's great to watch on TV, football's great to watch on TV, and it is, right? There's so many great technology pieces, but but I really think that it goes untalked about. The biggest difference between watching in person and watching on TV out of any sport is golf. And it's not even close, in my opinion. If you go to a tournament and you're walking around on the grounds, you can only watch one player or a shot here, a shot there. Golf is the perfect, it really is. You know, it's it's great as it is to be there. Golf is also the perfect TV sport where you can watch shot by shot, different holes. The technology and the shot tracing is just crazy now too. Golf has really turned into just a exceptional television sport as well.
2: I have been a a big proponent of attending tournaments the first three rounds. And if you really care how it turns out, you want to watch the final round at home. Because like you said, you're, you're not going to miss any of the action. Uh, it's such a vast playing field, hundreds of acres, right? And, and in, in old times, old times, as recently as last year, thousands of people in your way. So making your way from right. one hole to another is tough. And in Augusta, they do it so politely, but they, there are still old people who will elbow you without any hesitation to get you <laughs> out of their way. Um, we were blessed, my son and I were blessed a few years ago with uh, two very kind people doing something for us that they didn't have to do. Um, I was running a, a, a meeting for a charity event uh, for the Folds of Honor that I hold every year. And I had five or six guys around a table that were volunteering to be part of the committee. And I said to one of them, if any of you has any, any uh, ins to get a couple of tickets to Augusta this year, Uh, In 2016, that's my son's 18th birthday is that week. I'd love to surprise him and take him there. Mm -hmm. One of the guys across the table was on his iPad and I thought he was just kind of tuning me out and he was flipping through pictures and he turned around his iPad and it was a picture of him on the Hogan Bridge with the caddies and everything. Uh, I said, well, clearly, Dave, you've, you've played here. He goes, yeah, 17 times. Jeez. Okay. Well, I no longer like you, One. Uh, his neighbor uh, was the CEO of Ford. Okay. When Mr. Mullally came next door and said, Hey, you want to go play golf? He didn't mean at TPC, Michigan. He meant, but Augusta. So anyways, long story Uh, short, the guy says, I'll see what I can do. I said, Dave, to be honest with you, if I had a nickel for everybody who was going to see what they could do, I would, I would probably be a member at Augusta. A few days later, he calls and he says, what are you, excuse me, what are you doing on Thursday, April 7th? I'm probably watching Augusta uh, from my home. Eh, why don't you bring your son down? I've got you a couple of badges. Awesome. So I make up on Augusta letterhead a fake invitation for my son as uh, like on <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and everything. And I hide it in a big box and he opens it up on his birthday. He gets pretty emotional and we're going. Wow. So we go. We meet Dave in Augusta where he has rented a house because every day somebody different is using these badges. We have them on Thursday. They're clubhouse badges. This just went up a notch. Wow. Not only are we there, now we're in the clubhouse. We're, we're, um, we're eating out on the lawn under the green and white umbrellas surrounded by Masters champions. Wow! Another man, my friend John, you guys know John Bloom probably, who was stringing for CBS, Mm -hmm. told him we were coming. He said, meet me on the putting green at whatever time in the morning. I'll take you around. We will do that. Okay. (laughs) We meet Bloomer, and within 15 minutes, he says, "Um, you guys want to go somewhere where nobody gets to go? Yes, we do. We can make (laughs) that happen. And he leads us over to off the putting green to the basement entrance on the back side of Butler Cabin, and we enter the CBS Butler Cabin set, which is mm, yeah. it's very small, but it's the one we oh, all yeah. know. It's where the jacket is given. Right. We step in. Now, now it ta- I've been around the game for a while, so it takes a bit to um, impress me. I had goosebumps. We're in this tiny room. It might be 20 by 20, not big, full of equipment and scoreboards and cameras and then the two chairs. It's already lit up because they had shot something. And um, uh, he says, do you guys want to get your pictures taken in the chairs? Well, of course we do. And John was able to have a a phone camera. We couldn't. Right. Otherwise, we have no fake pictures. We're about about to go to the chairs. They're like three steps away. And a producer comes in. He goes, you guys, you got to wait a minute. He's coming in. I don't know what that means, but yes, got it. Okay, well, we'll wait a minute. So we kind of step back from this door. In walks Arnold Palmer. (laughs) Wow. But it's not even 10 a.m. Arnold comes in here. Nance walks in here a little bit, um, not frazzled, but he he was still tying his tie. Arnold had determined that this was when he would do his farewell interview. He died that fall. They aired the interview the next April, remembering Um, Arnold. Wow. We stepped out, we went to the production trucks, we watched the interview take place while the CBS crew in the production trucks had tears in their eyes because they knew this was it, Arnold looked terrible. And then we went back in and we were able to take a picture which doesn't put awesome. here on Zoom, but that's amazing in canvas in canvas size on my uh, on my wall it looks pretty good. <laughs> that's incredible, <laughs> well, yeah. Bill. That's great. <laughs> I tell that story mostly because it's a reminder that golf lends itself to kindness and to people doing things, whether it's out of sportsmanship or just courtesy, that we don't really see very often in the rest of life. So, this gentleman Dave, who has since passed away, and Bloomer. Neither one of them had to do what they did, but they forever made an impact on my son and I, and I'm already Mm -hmm. spoiled in the game of golf, but I don't have any ends at Augusta. You know, everybody's like, why why don't you get in? Listen, I've got framed rejection letters in my office from media credential applications. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And so we have these moments, the game lends itself to these moments. And for whatever reason, I'm sorry to ramble for so long. No, it's great. For whatever reason, Um, As you guys get further and further into it, I think you're going to discover a couple of things. You're going to discover that out of your 50,000 followers, there's always a few that need to be beaten upside the head.
1: And kicked out for sure, which we do. Yeah.
2: yeah. But the vast majority of them um, are going to discover a community of golfers in a way that they didn't think was possible. And I think that's what builds the strength of what we're doing and what you guys are doing too. It's, it's, it's something something special about the game that lends itself to that.
0: Well, well yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. And I, first, I, I was just going to say, sorry, ahead, sorry. I, yeah. I say this all the time. I don't mean to, to step on you there, but, you know, the the passion that we see, you know, within the group, you know, and obviously with our digital content and everything on social media, it, it gets bigger as the passion grows and and as people continue to make this their own and make golf uh, you know as special as as humanly possible so that's been you know really the the best part of this entire uh, you know last what five months or so uh, you know getting Metro Detroit golfers going it's just that people drive the entire thing you know we're going to continue to get content out there and continue to do things and um, you know continue to to get people together and growing the game but it really is just about your individual you know Passion and relationship with the game of golf.
2: Yeah. yeah. Kyle, totally. when, did you, when did you fall in love with golf, Kyle? See, so for
0: me, I guess my story is a little bit different. I, um, I played one summer of junior golf when I was uh, 12. I grew up in Livonia. So uh, I actually grew up right across from Idlewild uh, golf course, if, if you have any idea uh, what that is. And so like I, I did, yeah, no. So I did one summer um, there. And then, you know, I just never played I never picked it up I had other sports going on and things Um, so I would play maybe once a year once every couple years and then I was 23 I think and you know you get that first uh, full-time job and you feel like you're making a ton of money and uh, my schedule lent itself to having days open and I said you know what I'm gonna get back into golf I had a buddy who you know played a lot he was pretty good I, I bought some clubs and over the last seven years you know eight years I'm 31 now I have probably played more golf than people have in their entire lifetime and just I can't get enough of it. If I can, if I can do it, I'll play five times a week. You know, I just absolutely love it.
2: Mm -hmm. Cool. Sully, how about you? No,
1: that's great. Yeah. So when when I was a little kid, how I really got into golf was I I would certainly play with my dad and and play with family and I grew up in, in the Clarkson area. And one thing that I always like to point to though is my first job when I was 12 years old was a caddy and then I caddied at Warwick Hills and, and I was able to work the Buick Open every single summer. So um, as a kid, I mean, being able to, to go caddy and make, you know, 40 bucks around or whatever it was and, and be able to be around not only golf, but be around a course like that, which was really, really, you know, great golf to the point where I would get to play as a caddy every single Monday I could play when the course was closed. Um, certainly getting to work the Buick Open and, and carry the signs in the tournament and, and that whole experience and caddying the pro-ams and, and see Tiger Woods and see Vijay Singh and Jim Furyk and all these guys that would be there every single year, um, you know, playing the course that I worked at and that I, that I caddied at every single weekend. It was just awesome. And I think that was really the first moment where I knew that, you know what, golf is something that I'm, I'm a young kid and, and I'm going to be around it for the rest of my life. And I say this, I think almost every podcast it seems that one of the things I really love about golf is that it's a sport you can play your entire life. You right. can play it as a kid in junior golf. You can play it um, when you're uh, retired one day when you have grandkids. Right. And I think that to be able to have that generational um, relationship where where I knew, you know, I, I got to play with my grandfather when I was a kid. And, you know, one day I'm going to be able to play with, with my grandson when I'm older and, and experience 18 holes like that. That's It really is just
2: awesome. I have so many good memories from all those Buick Open days. And yeah. I don't want to sound like the old guy with the bear chasing me in the snow uphill both ways to school, but I still fondly remember them, and if, but I never worked on a crew there. I never did a, a scoring, a standard bearer, that kind of thing. What's, right. your, what's your favorite Buick Open memory?
1: Yeah, that's a great one. Um, the one that stands out to me is when I was just a kid, and and there was a, a rain delay, and we we were the standard bearers. You said they they, they basically said to all of us caddies that were there, hey all right, the rain delay is about to end. Um, you guys got to – we need you guys to stand right here and and hold your standard bears like this so it kind of creates a little wall because there's going to be some players that walk by. So we had to create this wall and separate um, kind of the fans from really getting too close. And who's the who's one of the first people that walks right by to go back to the range? Tiger Woods walks right by, you know, wearing, wearing just – his Nike gear, and then I remember I, I kind of, you know, it's the, the story, like you said, that gets exaggerated over time, but I remember making eye contact with Tiger as a kid, and he looked looked me dead in the eye, and I'm like, this is one of the greatest athletes ever. It's the best golfer in the world, and and just to be able to be that close to Tiger Woods was just, as a kid, just so, oh, um, you know, starstruck, and, and it was cool, of course, being able to actually meet players. Uh, I think, you know, I was in groups with like Jason Bone or Charlie Wee or Bob Estes, like all these different guys over the years. Um, which was really cool getting to meet VJ, guys like that inside the rope. So uh, a lot of cool stories being able to work that.
2: Not not a lot of people would point to VJ as one of their highlights, but hey, if he's good to you, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> he he was, yeah, he was, he was always very I remember always very generous with
1: with signing autographs and just chatting real quick. I don't, yeah, you know, I've been around you know, just casually. Why do you not have a good experience with him?
2: Um, media and, uh, media interactions with VJ were, were not generally considered pleasant times. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that so that I don't go off on some rant, but uh, that's all right. My, uh, you know, I had the privilege of playing at a bunch of pro-ams and, uh, yeah. I, I, the last one I played in with Ryan Palmer, who was an ATM. I mean, he's still just cashing checks every week sure. or he's always top 15 and, and you can make a pretty good living top 15. Oh Yeah. In the pro-am, of course, the, the pro plays from the tour tees, but the, right. the ams play from the members' tees, and there's a vast difference at Warwick between those two yes. sets. Yes. They're probably – sometimes they're 40 yards apart, sometimes they're, you know, 10. But I remember playing a, a par four where I, I I had a pretty good drive for me, and his was a good 30 yards past me from a tee that was 30 yards behind me. It's remarkable. <laughs> No, so he's not a big guy. Uh, I am. I'm 6'5", and everybody thinks I hit it a mile. I don't. I play TV golf. We edit heavily. So, <laughs> you know, that's why the camera doesn't follow the ball flight on my TV show. We're there to show off the destination. So anyways, as I'm walking with Ryan. I said, um, hey, by the way, I am up for information. How, how is this difference in length so dramatic? Because it doesn't look like we're swinging any differently." from a speed standpoint, even though I know we are, mm-hmm. better at it. And um, he kind of smiles at me. He goes, you know, I, I, uh, I think it just really boils down to talent. <laughs> he walks up. Well, I'm laughing. You know, he, he's a super good guy. Now let's fast forward. That's on Wednesday. Let's fast forward to Friday. Um, I'm waiting for him by the 18th scoring uh, trailer because he's really close to the cut line and he misses by one shot. So I wait for him, he gets done signing his, his scorecard, he comes out, he stops. And anyway, I just said, thanks for a great time, blah, 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 blah. And I said, hey, by the way, as he's walking away, um, from what I gather, it, it really just comes down to talent. He did not find <laughs> that very funny. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and um, I was reminded right then, A, you need to have more of a verbal filter in place because this is their profession. Sure. Uh-huh. days are something they endure. The rest of it is what they do to, to feed the family, not that his yeah. family's starving. But, yeah, that was one of my favorite moments. And my other one involves Tiger. Uh, again, during that last Buick Open, on Sunday, I walked inside the ropes with his group that, that last, the back nine. And um, I saw volunteers crying. Uh, I saw people who even though it hadn't been officially announced, we all knew because by then Congress had demonized golf as some horrible uh, waste of money and time, even though it was raising millions for charity. But I digress. So people were people were crying coming in and Tiger, um, I saw him start to take notice of it. And it was it was pretty powerful. And on 18, while he's waiting in the fairway, I'm, I don't know, 20 yards away over by the ropes. He's in the center. Faraday's right next to him and they have a farting contest. (laughs) I've heard Faraday tell the story before too, because none of them can show it on their faces. And so you're standing over here just hearing the noises and you're, they're shaking, they're laughing so hard. And um, you know, nobody really knows what's going on. I just thought, my God, what a unique, and he had a comfortable lead and I just thought, what what a strange way to close it out. But then I remember after Tiger won as he's giving the – on 18 green as he's receiving the trophy because they don't hand out giant novelty checks anymore because that wouldn't look very good when it says $1.2 million on it. He said, um, we, didn't, we as players, we didn't really know how much this meant to this community. And um, it's a shame to see it go away. I agree. It would have been mm-hmm. awfully nice if the players as a group would have said – it's not going away. We're going to make it happen, but I get, I get. That. Yeah, we all have our wishes, but those mm-hmm. are some of my, those are my favorite memories. That's right,
0: Bill. No, yeah, and I would say too. Hopefully, uh, we can get Tiger back here in the state of Michigan uh, at Detroit Golf Club uh, this this summer. I mean, that would be fantastic. It kind of sets up perfect in between majors. It'd be great uh, if we
2: can get him back. Uh, that would be awesome. Well, who knows when majors are? You know? It's, yeah. Yeah. These these days, we're hoping that 2021 20, we all get back to uh, to a predictable schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a pretty funny skit on the uh, Fox NFL Sunday pregame show about the NFL schedule and trying to figure out when it was. And it was like a beautiful mind where the guys on the board and he's drawing out the diagrams because week <laughs> by week, if they were letting fans in, I don't know how you would ever plan a road trip a couple of weeks ahead. Golf is golf is a little safer, like you said uh, earlier, Sully. And, um, and and by the way we we talk mostly about the PGA tour the, the PGA tour champions and the LPGA are are wonderful opportunities to go Absolutely. To golf and for most of our audiences which generally skew towards the male side of the demographic i strongly recommend that you can watch the PGA tour to see what your your fantasy game would look like yeah, Watch the LPGA tour to see what your game looks like mm-hmm. because the distances are much more comparable from right. from driver all the way down through wedge. I've played in some, a number of LPGA and Symmetra tour pro-ams and uh, I have felt more comfortable in those settings because the two of us can be side by side from 170 and I'll be like, Hey, by the way, what, what are you hitting here? She's like seven iron. Oh, that's what I'm hitting. Right but now. She's more accurate than I am. Right. <laughs> so, so Remarkable. Let's not ignore. I'm. I'm saying this to our audiences. Let's not ignore the learning wisdom and, and value of of guys and ladies that you're not as familiar with, but have a game more comparable to ours.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think that you like in this state. There's there's opportunity, like you said, with LPGA and Champions Tour to really uh, be around that as well. And and. You know, I, I can speak for myself where uh, as much as I love football, and that, that's always been a sport that I absolutely love and played as a kid, I have the golf channel on in my house more than anything. So, yeah. you know, I'm always seeing not only PGA Tour coverage, but European Tour coverage and, and you know, champions and LPGA. and uh, Golf is golf, and I think that, that it's really, uh, you know, someone who's passionate about golf will really enjoy consuming golf um, of all different – Levels and different types and different TV coverages and that type of thing.
2: I had somebody ask me the other day, "What what is it about golfers that they can recall pretty much every shot of yeah. a round yeah. from 11 years ago? Sure, when their buddy won the six skin carryover, and you all remember that he got the kick off of the tree and blah blah blah." And I, I don't have a good answer. Maybe you guys do, because it's, obviously we have a mental incapacity as golfers. We can't remember important family member names and events. Oh, yeah. Birthdays, you can, yeah. <laughs> you can remember, you know, six
1: years ago where,
2: uh, you know, what, what you shot and the
1: exact, you know, hole by hole, but you can't remember your – Wife's anniversary or whatever it is,
2: you know, birth, somebody walking behind you in the shot, you shouldn't say you can't remember anniversary. I know. I'm just taking the <laughs> dog out, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, Bogey, what's the most obscure golf memory you can conjure up from a while back where people will be like, how on earth do you remember that? My, um,
0: I mean, there are so many instances and I, I the fact that you brought up a ball hitting off a tree and going to the fairway it's like you know exactly what my game is so that's very uh
1: Please don't say your hole in one at DGC that you Well talk- I mean the hole so
0: in one obviously is is one that uh that really stands out but to me, it's the, it's the shots that are close, you know, the, the ones that you you stuff. I mean, I go on an annual golf trip every single year with my friends. Uh, we go up to Boyne. Uh, we've done it now, I think, five years in a row. We actually added a second trip this year. Um, hopefully, we can continue that this year or uh, moving forward. But it, those trips, to me, are the ones where, you know, we play match play and different things like that to to change the competition. And, you know, going into, you know, that final 18th hole And you need to hit a green, that Island Green, I believe it is the 18th at the Monument, if I'm not mistaken, up there at Boyne. Uh, You got to hit a seven iron over the water. Island Green, got to get it there into the wind and sticking it to close them out. And you just got a two putt for a win. It's it's shots like that, you know, to me that – make it fun and we don't play for money you know we we, we don't <laughs> get too much into that it's just you want to beat your friends you know and you want to be able to talk about it later and trust me I've talked to him about it many times so it's it's really shots like that to close out victories you know
1: in in, in our minds
2: yeah. yeah Sully obscure golf memory
1: yeah for sure um it was a couple years ago on the annual golf trip I think three years ago um Antrim Dells, which is a course up north, uh, part of, part of Agaming, right? It's, it's Sundance, it's Torch Lake, it's Antrim Dells and uh, Charlotte Boy Country Club. So we are playing Antrim Dells and, you, you know, playing with some buddies. It was like a two-man best ball or something. And uh, go to hole 17, um, we were tied And basically I had went last, I'm on my approach. I went last approaching into the green and no one was on the green. Everyone hit their shots, just not really close off the green, whatever. So I'm like, all right, just let's stick it on the green. Give myself a chance. Let's go one up with one to play. And I hit, I think a nine iron. I popped this ball in the air so far left of the pin. But luckily there's this hill there. There's this hill that goes right next to the 17th green, steep hill. And I'm like, all right, so this ball's going way left, way left, way left. It hits the top of this hill, and I'm like, don't just stick there. It rolls all the way down the hill, through the rough, onto the green, and just the luckiest thing ever, I'm able to, to then go up there, roll in a birdie putt, and basically close out the round, and my friends were so pissed. It was, uh, it, was it was just awesome.
2: <laughs> those are the ones you love when your friends are really irritated that you got <laughs> yeah. that break. That's that's the best way to have those memories made. Um, I, I, You know, I can go back – 14 years. You know, it was, it was one of those days. It was a career round. Uh, in fact, it, it to this day is my career low round. And um, on 16T, this was at Arcadia. Um, my friend Tom goes, do you realize you're five under? And I said, what? I, I had not paid any attention to it. So now I got a problem. <laughs> Right. So I promptly, yeah. du- I promptly double 16.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> yeah. yeah. always happens. Then we,
2: then we get to 17, which is the par three that has a very severe right side. If you miss the green, miss the green. So now I'm just leaking oil. I bogeyed <laughs> that one. And he's like, I'm sorry I ever said anything. We get on 18 and I blow a drive way right into the fescue. I got, I'm just, I'm literally, and it's so weird about this game. Nobody else cares. Nobody else cares yeah there are, are let 's say there are i do 't know six billion people on the planet. There are literally all but two people on this planet do not care what 's happening, and yet you feel this pressure <laughs> so i 'm standing over in the fescue um, it's, if you 've played there, you know that your second shot into eighteen is a blind shot in, no matter where you are, down in the valley or off to the right that 's how it 's constructed and he comes over there and helped me find the ball, we find the ball, and I said I, I don't know where to aim. So up on the clubhouse at uh, at that time, there was a one story clubhouse. Now they have the the lodge up on the second story. So he pointed to a dormer and he goes, it's that dormer right there. Okay. So I'm going to try and aim at the dormer. I blow it two dormers right of that dormer. And I'm thinking it's probably, I don't know, either lost or killed a small family or whatever. And we get up there and it's like five feet from the hole. And he had the wrong dormer and I accidentally hit it to the right dormer and I made the birdie putt. People were up there, you know, they didn't know what was going on, but they, you know, you get a nice round of applause and and made the putt for a 69, which is my career low round. Wow. Great. Kind of funny because the next day we played again in way better conditions and I was like 15 shots higher. (laughs) Go figure. But I can still remember him pointing to the wrong dormer and me blowing it off to the right sure. and I can remember it like it was yesterday and uh, what else can I remember from 14 years ago not very much nothing I know oh, yeah. that's,
1: and, and that's Bill one thing one thing I do want to ask you because I know that we have to have to wrap up here but um, one thing I really wanted to ask you I, I, on, on this you know interview when we spoke was someone like you who's been around Michigan golf for for so long what do you think is the biggest difference between Michigan golf and other states? Because I think that, that, you know, it is an underrated golf state. I mean, there's just so much golf here. There's so much great value golf here. And, and maybe I'm just biased or or a little salty. I almost feel like, like Michigan doesn't get the love that it deserves nationally. I know it gets attention and, and people certainly know that we have good golf here, but what is your, your view on on Michigan golf as a whole in comparison to other states, kind of that national love, that national perspective type question is what I'm asking.
2: That's a good question. Uh, First, it's the appreciation of our season, of our shorter season. Um, You don't hear much, but there's great golf in Wisconsin. You don't hear much about it. There's good golf in Minnesota. Nobody cares. Unless you're going to Hazel Team. nobody's going to pay any attention to it. Uh, You you can go down to Illinois, you can play, but the crowds are crazy. You can't get on anywhere and so on and so forth. And somehow positioned in the middle of what I would call the big 10 belt, Michigan has by far the best value, the best golf courses. I I think at the top of that characteristic list or leaderboard is an appreciation for the season um, and an appreciation for the relationships that you develop. There are some really, really good people involved in the game in this state. Um, I've gotten so many messages and texts from a bunch of them just in the last few weeks that are, they're so grateful. This is not a brag. Uh, this is not a brag. It's not a boast on their part. They're just like, we, we had a record year and we never saw it coming. Yeah. And so we're so stinking grateful, yeah. which is why it makes less than zero sense for the governor to cut out the Pure Michigan campaign, the Pure Michigan campaign is what brings out-of-state golfers to Michigan and brings their dollars with them. I don't know. If right. People, I don't know if people in Lansing are aware of this, but when people come here to play golf, they have to pay for it, and right. they also have to pay to stay and they have to pay to eat. And right. here we are at a time where our our economy in the state is really kind of shaky. I, I don't get it. So no, not to go off on a political rant, and I don't. I don't want your tweets about. Listen. It makes no sense to get rid of pure Michigan, period. Right. You can make all the arguments you want. They're not gonna be valid. So what helps what set us apart is world-class golf at incredible values. And let me give you a couple of examples. Let's take Arcadia, all right? I have had people say to me before, that's so overpriced. I got it. It depends on your scale of economy. It's an upscale experience. Here's what I want you to do. Right. I want you to take Arcadia on a perfect July afternoon, and I want you to finish your round at about 7 p.m. and I want you to have dinner out on the porch while the bagpiper plays in the sunsets over Lake Michigan and realize that for your round of golf, you paid about $200. You're gonna pay another 80 to 100 for dinner. All right, so you're in for $300. That's a big day for a lot of sure. people. That experience at Pebble Beach is about $2,000. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally, yeah. Totally. So I, I don't think, and, and, and that's just one example of it. That's a great example, Bill. Yeah. There's a bunch of them where I can say to you, you take this golf course and you put it in this state or you put it in this region and it's four times the price. Right. Uh, it is a great time to be a consumer of the game because it's, it's what we would call a buyer's market, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at some really good places. And I could go on and on. I, I'm, I'm most often asked, you know, what's your favorite course? And I always am reluctant to answer that question because for a couple of reasons, one, I do business with a lot of courses. And number two, it's, it's like art, art beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. My favorite courses may not be yours. Your favorite course might not be a very good course, but it might be tied to a memory where you had your last round with your grandpa there yeah. or your first round with your daughter there. Yep. And, and that would never be somebody else's favorite, but who cares? golf lends itself to those I call I just think they're lifetime memory making moments and in our state I don't think anybody does it better
1: that's hey I I honestly can't say that any better myself I mean that's a I think that's a perfect way to kind of wrap up this discussion too and and just with a true appreciation and, and passion for Michigan golf and the sport in general which is why that you know, I know it's why you do what you do, Bill, and also why we really took pride and have taken pride in creating this social media community for Michigan golfers. Which uh, you know, as as you mentioned with Metro Detroit golfers, we're just extremely excited to continue building and and bringing value to uh, to our members, to the courses, to
2: everyone. Well, not only do we need to play together at some point, but let's uh, let's keep working together. We'll grow the game, and we can both grow our respective audiences along the way. So thanks for taking some time to chat. It's good to meet you guys virtually.
0: Great to talk you to you. You as well, Bill. Hey, thank Appreciate you so much.
2: That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah!
1: All right. Well, that was a great uh, discussion we had with Bill Hobson, Michigan Golf Live. And and Kyle, I think it's clear that Bill not only is rooted and and loves Michigan golf like we all do, but just loves the sport itself. And I I thought that that was, look, obviously it was a a longer form discussion. Hope everyone enjoyed it. But it's it's those types of, you know, at the bar, at the men's grill, at the clubhouse type discussions that are really fun to have. Oh,
0: 100%. I mean, I don't think there's a a whole lot of people uh, in Metro Detroit golfers that don't like talking about specific shots that they've hit in their past. I mean, my God, Sully shot a 79 in tournament play at Meadowbrook. And I think I've heard the story about 18 times, along with me telling the story about my hole in one over and over and over again. It's just that's what you do. You know, when when you're having a beer, you talk about some great shots or great rounds uh, that you're able to put together. No different uh, with Bill Hobson as well. You can tell he's just a golf guy.
1: And I think you can also tell that Bill really just likes talking to people about golf and asking those questions that really solicit a response and, and allow you to kind of dive into a, a discussion about what makes golf special, how you've enjoyed it over the years. And again, it was really just a, a pleasure talking to him and, and all the work he's done over the years on television and certainly around the state, well-connected guy in the game of golf. So uh, we appreciate Bill from Michigan Golf Live having us on. I know that he put us on his podcast as well, kind of a joint-type uh, discussion that we did, roundtable-type discussion, which was great. So uh, thank you to Bill. That was awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And uh, look, by the way, uh, if you're you know, somebody like me who struggles with pain in their back, pain in their shoulder blades, whatever it might be, you know our partners over at TriCovery Massage and Flexibility have really enhanced – my golf game and my life over the last couple of months. I've been working very closely with Jeff and Kevin uh, at uh, both locations. Actually, they have a Royal Oak location and also a Novi location. That's TriCovery, T-R-I-Covery.com. If you want to go ahead and check them out, they've been unbelievable. And, and just Honestly, I, I'm not even saying this to sell. I feel like I'm, I've been a club longer the last mm-hmm. couple of months because I've just – We've been doing regular treatments, and I desperately need it. I'm a little bit older than you, Sully. My body's yep. starting to break. You sure
1: down. are, yeah. <laughs> no, and guys, Jeff and Kevin do a great job there, so make sure you check it out. As you said, tri-covery.com. Try Covery. There's a ton of not only golfers, a ton of pro athletes they work with. A ton. I, I've, you know, I can't mention their names, but i mean, they're telling me all the time, left and right, which athletes were in here and what and what they were getting worked on, and and uh, you know, just some strategy stuff. So make sure you. At least visit their website, tricovery.com, and get the golfer's special and see if it can help you. I'm sure it will. So, Kyle, another great episode, Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. As you mentioned, just a couple announcements real quick. We do have Dan Wetzel coming up. Um, we have Eddie Mio coming up. The legend. Who is they Describe Eddie as the guy who you just want to get paired with if you're at a, an outing or whatever, if you're playing golf, which we did. But um, my point is we have a ton of great interviews coming up, and as always— Message us, social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We do have the Twitter now as well, Metro Detroit Golfers, at MD Golfers on Twitter. And make sure that you you give us your feedback, your recommendations. And of course, subscribe and share the podcast with your friends too.
0: Yeah, it's been a great start. We're really looking forward to continuing to build this and just have great conversations about the game, about our games, and about what's going on in the world of golf.
1: Yeah, some really cool stuff coming up, too. We'll let you guys know about that within Metro Detroit Golfers. Some really, really cool stuff heading into this offseason. So to be first and updated right away, as always, text MDG to 545454. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening
0: to the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep giving Sully and Bogey a hard time
2: powered by our presenting sponsor hall financial and also tricovery massage and flexibility